The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Immediately, Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening, at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation is the gospel of Mark in chapter 1, verses 29 to 39, that I just finished reading for you, and serves as the basis of our theme for the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. Preaching accomplishes his purposes. So Jesus leaves the synagogue after healing a man with an unclean spirit and is confronted with another illness as soon as he arrives at Simon and Andrew's house. He heals her. But then in what would seem an act of insensitivity, allows her to serve him. Then after dark of all times, the people start coming with the sick and demon-possessed to have Jesus heal them. Then early the next morning, Jesus finds himself a desolate place to pray, is hunted down by the disciples to heal more people, and Jesus states that they are leaving for the next town to preach. Now, when we string these simple facts together this way, it looks very confusing and in some ways even a little upsetting. But you are not novice listeners and, in fact, experienced watchers of media. And you know immediately when some reports come out that it may not be what it appears to be on the surface. You have read the headlines and know that the articles had nothing to do with the titillating bold title. You saw the clickbait and noticed that the image came up nowhere in the video. And you have most certainly heard the first out-of-the-gate reports that turned out to be completely, if not intentionally, false for whatever agenda the lead news agency may have had. So you know full well there is more than meets the eye in this account of our Lord today. But if you were a first-time reader... It's easy to understand why people are so confused when they read these scriptures over 2,000 years after they happened. Okay, 
Let's be honest. If you all will, for just a moment with me. How many of you, before this past week, could explain to another human being what a short sale in the stock market is? I think most of us have to trust the brokers and the investment counselors with the crazy, meandering logic of the stock market. But few, if any of us here today, took much notice of it at all until this week. Honestly, it's just scrolling numbers on a screen with names like NASDAQ and S&P Fund with bear and bull markets. Okay, every 20 years or so, we watch a movie like Wall Street with Charlie Sheen or Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. But even then, I don't think any of us really understood why the people were screaming on the floor of the stock exchange, waving tickets around. It's just not anything most of us care about until something extraordinary happens like it did last week. Then people like me want to know, how did this happen? Why did it happen? Is it good or is it bad? The most knowledgeable people on the subject didn't even know what was happening when it happened, and they are all still analyzing the potential consequences for the future. If you don't know what I'm talking about with the GameStop, AMC, and Robinhood this week, good. Because you're just like the first-time listener of today's text. You don't know what's happening, and you probably don't care, as long as it doesn't affect your income and livelihood in any demonstrable way. The problem with our first-time listener to the text is, it does affect them in a way far superior than their temporal income and livelihood. And for their benefit, we must examine the context of these events we are witnessing today. Jesus had just left the wilderness before he came to preach in the synagogue last week's Pricope. In the wilderness, we learn from Matthew that Jesus was tempted by the devil in three specific ways. Number one, Offering Jesus everyone and everything in the world. Number two, angels ministering to his physical needs. And number three, bread to assuage his hunger. We learn that these things the devil tempted him with were provided immediately after his temptation in the wilderness. In Mark chapter 1, verse 13, the angels indeed came and ministered to Jesus' physical needs. Right away, Jesus received what was good the right way instead of taking it from the devil the wrong way. With Simon's mother-in-law, Jesus gives what is good and she feeds him. Instead of taking bread from the devil the wrong way, Jesus takes it from Simon's mother-in-law the right way. Finally, we see this bizarre reference in verse 33 that the whole city gathered together at the door. And later in 37, Simon tells Jesus, everyone is looking for you. 
The devil tempted Jesus with the whole world the wrong way. And they all came to Jesus on their own the right way. The importance of these series of events must not be lost on the casual observer to this account, lest they regard Jesus the devil's way instead of the right way. We have God in the most amazing way possible. We just don't want to seek him the wrong way or for the wrong reasons. Unfortunately, we often do seek him the wrong way. Sometimes all we want from Jesus is our get out of Sheol free card. We sin, we ignore him, we barely acknowledge him when times are good. We have our jobs and our livelihoods, we have our homes and health, and we have our friends and our family and nary a material need we want for. Sadly, we often have nary a spiritual need because we're all right. What do we need a healing, sheltering, bread king for in those days? And we fail to acknowledge all he provides for us. Sometimes we are zealous in our offerings to God, convinced he needs our wonderful personalities at church, our skills in organizational management, and our wisdom of the ages. The church will never make it without our amazing membership, and we will show everyone how a proper servant serves God. Just ask the Lord. We are incredible. But we don't need communion. We don't need devotion. We don't need to pray. We already have that all figured out. Just keep the worship short, Pastor, so we can get to the real work of the church after the preaching is over. It's fascinating that in our text, the people seem superficial to us today. They're always running to Jesus with their sick and demon-possessed. What did they do before Jesus? Is that all they want, someone to heal them? Man, they don't appreciate Jesus for who he is and the wonderful teaching he bestowed on the world. But Jesus doesn't seem to mind and never admonishes them for coming to him for the healing only he can provide. No doubt, we were similar to them in that regard. We also pray for healing that sometimes only God can provide. We gather together close to where he promises to be among us, and we stay until it's over. We come out at night for those special times when Jesus is especially there in the special seasons of devotion and reflection. And Jesus preaches to us a sustenance that doesn't just feed us for a day, but fills us forever. Jesus provides the angels that protect us and keep us from harm when our Lord wills it. And Jesus tells us through his word that when he died for everyone, we were included in those ranks of saints that one day will march into heaven to see him face to face. When we are devoted to him, the very way he comes to us, we can never be confused because he has been preaching to us his salvation through his death on the cross for our sins. When we see his holy face, 
and our brothers and sisters in Christ, it is never clickbait image that deceives us and tempts us. It's our best friends that are sent by God to minister to us and come alongside us. And when we hear the truth of his life lived and died and rose again for our sake, it is not a false headline with a false agenda meant to mislead us into untruth. It is the clear preaching of Christ that accomplishes his purposes forever. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds In Christ Jesus always. Amen.